Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we are building a theology of self-care together. My name is Andrew Ware. I'm your host, and I am the Running Rev. Through conversations with others and reflections, we are seeking to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. Welcome to this episode. On this episode, I have Ray Gerard joining me. He is a local runner here in the Hampton Roads community uh, where I reside, but also he brings this amazing perspective of, of being a run coach and helping folks to achieve all they can, as well as bringing on in his own personal experiences of running as well. So we're kind of hearkening back to the early days of this podcast where there really was this active component into talking about self-care. Uh, and, and I wanted to jump back into this because I think that there are so many connections to uh, an active lifestyle and a self-care lifestyle. We, le- we can learn so much. And so I want to jump into this conversation with Ray so we can unpack just how this running lifestyle, this active lifestyle really can play a role and even help us to learn more about our own self-care routine. So let's get right into this conversation. All right, so welcome back for another episode. Today I'm joined by Ray Gerard. How you doing, Ray? Hello, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me, for inviting me to be on the show. Really appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. It's a, a, a nice little overcast day, so I might try and get a run in later. We'll see how well it works out. Uh, but yes. Ray, let's start off like I like to start off every episode. Let's uh, have you introduce yourself to the listeners. Who are you? Uh, where are you from? And what does self-care mean to you? Okay, let's get uh, started. Uh, my name is uh, Raymond Gerard. Most people call me Ray <laughs> for as long as I can remember. The first thing very few people know about me is that I was born in Haiti. And I, my family immigrated to the United States when I was nine years old. And of course, I'm a naturalized citizen and uh, grew up in New York. Shout out to your New York listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I got a oh, few yeah. of them. Yes. And I grew up on Long Island, New York, actually. Okay. And uh, this is where I was married and raised uh, three wonderful children, two girls and a boy. Uh, they're all adults now living on their own. But I moved to Virginia about 10 years ago, following my father's death. So I could be closer to my mother and help her out. And that's what brought me here. Mm. I, and uh, yeah, that's it. Fast forward to present day. This is, uh, this is how I got to Virginia. And uh, as far as uh, self-care, you, you asked what self-care means to me. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think self, self-care involves three areas of life, right? Um, uh, that we have to follow on a consistent basis physical fitness, nutrition, and spiritual and mental health. Those are the three areas that I focus on when I think of self-care. The physical uh, would be uh, involved movement, exercise. It could be walking, cross-training, because not everybody's a runner, right? Yeah. And uh, some strength training, whatever works best for the individual. And of course, nutrition is also a part of it. That's eating foods that are nutrient dense, which is what I do. That's good for the body. Uh, uh, Things that are good for the body as much as possible. This could be a a diet heavy and plant-based foods, fruits, vegetables, 
good sources of protein. Sometimes these days, Andrew, you know, we, we live a hurried lifestyle. Yeah. And it's hard to do what uh, we want to do that's best for our self-care. But I, I like to think of the body as our temple. It's a gift from above, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important that we take good care of it. And that brings us to the spiritual and mental aspect, right? Finding and participating in activities that nurture our mind and spirit, whether that's faith-based, religion-based, mm-hmm. family, social interactions. Everyone has something that falls into those categories that brings in, that brings us peace and contentment, you know? Yeah. And, and as our listeners heard, you know, Ray, uh, lives here in the, in the Hampton Roads area and he brings this perspective that I started this podcast out at and have kind of moved towards, uh, which is this nature. Ray brings this, uh, running background, this running coach background, this active background to it. Uh, but also, uh, Ray, as mm-hmm. a running coach yourself, you also know that running is not about just running. Uh, and this is something that we've talked about on the podcast before. And you bring in this nature of, you know, when we when we think about being a runner, when we think about caring for ourselves, it's not just, oh, I need to go out and run X amount of miles for this workout. But it's it's what you're eating. It's how you're resting. It's how you're uh, caring for yourself mentally. And so exactly in this episode, I wanted to kind of focus on that reconnection with the reconnecting with that active side of things, because when we look at a full holistic life of self-care, it's being active, but it's also finding the other ways that the activity, we can remain active as we continue to care for our bodies. And so as we start out, what has your running journey looked like? Well, I started running actually six years ago. Mm. My daughter, Jen, who lives in New York, invited me to run a 5K with her in Virginia Beach. That was the uh, rock and roll 5K. Uh, That was back in 2017. I hesitantly said yes, but I trained (laughs) for it. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I ran it successfully and I haven't stopped running ever since. And you could say that I caught the running bug. But uh, prior to that 5K, my only running experience was a few years spent running track in high school. Mm. as a sprinter, mid-distance runner. So I had a little bit of experience of what it felt like. But as I like to say, I hung up my spikes after high school and just in pursuit of other adult activities, right? That's that's Mm -hmm. what we usually do. And uh, fast forward to present day, here we are. I'm still doing it. I've become a coach and I I really enjoy doing the research to find out what Mm -hmm. works best for us uh, when especially for beginner runners. Yeah. And so in that journey of becoming, you know, I often say once you, once you put one foot in front of the other, you're a runner, but in, in learning what it means to be a runner, uh, Mm -hmm. what are some of those early lessons that you really learned in trying to grow in trying to understand what it meant to move your body in that way? Oh, sure. Uh, Movement is magic, you know, Mm -hmm. since the beginning of time, our ancestors, when we were (laughs) hunter-gatherers, relied on movement for sustenance and survival. So the human body has adapted well to that way of living. And I believe that these days, the sedentary lifestyle, uh, which has become so pervasive 
uh, in society is not the best way of being. It's not the best way for our health. So movement is necessary. So our self-care requires some form of daily activity Mm -hmm. to get the blood flowing and the muscles working. I chose running, but for the new runner, I recommend easing into it and allowing the body to adapt, you know, especially if you haven't been physically active at Mm -hmm. that level for an extended period. I went from the couch six years ago. I went from the couch to running full marathons within a five-year period. That's Mm -hmm. how I like to tell my story. And my beginnings were humble. I used an app called Couch to 5K. It's a great app. I highly recommend it. And it'll get you focused on building your fitness gradually in order to get the best out of yourself uh, and prevent injury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as, and then that brings over these ideas as we think about self-care where we can't expect to be perfectionists right from the beginning, as much as we want to be right. We want to go out for that first run. Everything's going to feel good. Uh, you know, we may be realistic and think I'm not going to break a, like a world record or I'm not going to win right. a gold medal, but, oh, it's just going to be easy right from the start. I'll just be able to go out and run. And then about, you know, 30 seconds in our lungs are burning. And right. so, you know, <laughs> self-care and, and, and running especially, and I mean, any form of self-care, whether it's running, walking, you know, whether we're cycling or, or whether we're doing, you know, meditation, yoga, uh, trying to figure out what our day off schedule looks like. It's, it's something to be expected that it's not going to be easy right at the front end of it because it's sometimes it's something we haven't practiced before. And so as you've grown in and mm-hmm. become become a, a runner and and this staple in the the Hampton Roads running community, uh, what have been some of those lessons that you've learned along the way as as you've grown in that? Oh, sure. You know, physical activity, whether it's running or anything you choose, is a personal journey. And uh, when using it as a matter of self care, it's important to realize that physical fitness is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a competition against others. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree. Rather, it's a competition between you and you. Mm-hmm. It's about, about becoming a better version of yourself, being better today than you were yesterday, and uh, keep moving forward. You want to rebuild yourself. It requires a regimen of, I like to tell people, you need to build your aerobic base, yeah, uh, which has a host of benefits for your cardiovascular health, and this may take months and may take years. So it's a process. A, a lot of people want instant gratification. You know, they, they wonder, hey, I, wh- why am I not improving? I've been running for three months. Yeah. No, it, it actually, it takes time. It's, uh, you have to build that foundation for all your future training and physical activity. Yeah. And it yeah. takes consistency too. Uh, yes. I, think it's, I think it's one of the big things that we often forget in any sort of uh, ritual or practice is a lot of these things take consistency. I can remember uh, about a about a six or seven years ago when I was not as a consistent runner as I have been, and mm-hmm. I try and toe the line of the Richmond Half Marathon and think, oh, I can easily break two hours, and then I come crawling in, you know, at at about two thirty, yeah. and and thinking to myself, you know, well, why can't I get faster? Why don't I feel better? Why does this not? feel easier. And it, and it really came down to, you know, what is the, what am I putting into it? You know, am I putting in the consistency, even if it is just three or four runs a week, 
that's that's a that's a manner of consistency. But you know, I'd run like one or two runs one week, and then I'd come in and run like four or five. You know, one week I'd do ten miles, the next week I'd do like thirty miles, and that consistent story that we write over the course of the several different types of cycles that we see in co- that we see in running definitely plays a role in how we perform not not even necessarily just on race day which i guess could be the peak of our performance but even just in our day-to-day uh, uh trainings as well uh yes yeah absolutely and you know i i ran my first half marathon in 20 2018 at that point i'd been running a year already i thought mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna do great but i ran that first half marathon in two hours and 27 minutes and uh I had already been running for a year and I was saying to myself, how come I'm running so slow? It's, it's been a year, but I was a novice. Then I realized that, Hey, it's mm-hmm. a process. It takes time where five years later, I'm able to run a, you know, under two hours. And, uh, because I trusted the process, I use a concept called 80, yeah. 20 running. You mm-hmm. probably heard me talk about that on the, um, on my social media. It's a concept where 80% of your training should be easy conversational running. And uh, at a heart rate that is in your aerobic zone, this type of training has been shown through research to build your aerobic system in such a way that it will provide a host of health benefits, as well as gains and improvements to your running, as well as your cardiovascular health. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the 80-20, I guess a lot of times in the running community, we call it the 80-20 rule. Uh, but, yes. but that's a, that, that's a, a, a manner and understanding of training where you run 80% of your weekly mileage at some sort of easy aerobic p- pace. Uh, yes. and so for example, for someone like me who maxes out their heart rate in the mid one nineties, you know, this is trying, okay. this is trying to keep easy run somewhere in the, the one forty one fifty range. Uh, Correct. and and, and really keep that heart rate low. And and what we uh, what scientists and 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 scholars and and coaches uh, see the benefit, like you said, is it builds this aerobic base that helps us. So especially when we're running mm-hmm. longer distances, when we get to those half marathons and full marathons, our body knows how to respond to those situations where it's running yes. and it's and and the heart rate is being taxed at that one forty one fifty for longer periods of time. And then even and then you take that other 20 percent of the time and you're working on what we know and understand in the community is is more anaerobic training uh, where you're Correct. where you're going up to these higher speeds. You're, you're really pressing and, and testing that threshold. Uh, words like lactate and, and VO2 max start coming into play. Um, exactly. And, and you could really start nerding out over some of these terms, but it, that really starts to build that, that anaerobic, that without oxygen understanding. And, Correct. and I think in our lives, when, when we talk about, and again, I, I love translating these ideas as a runner to these ways in which we care for ourselves is, is there are these times in our lives where, okay, like, we can we can go full throttle right that and and we look at it and really like anything more than 20% of our lives that we spend at full throttle should really be a question of saying like okay maybe i need to you know find ways to recover and, and when we think about that you know sleep uh can be uh, is is probably the biggest and best recovery tool that we have as as runners yes. as human beings sleep 
making sure we're getting that that regimented time of sleep, uh, but also finding times throughout the day where we take times to relax, where we take times to unwind. That might be your daily run. Um, that might be a time of of meditation, of yoga. It might be uh, just a walk. I was reflecting to a friend of mine yesterday that sometimes uh, the property around my church is, is a half mile. I can walk the the perimeter of our church's property. It's a half mile. And occasionally I'll just go walk that half mile. It takes me about 10-ish minutes. And <laughs> it's just an opportunity in the middle of like, if it's a really busy day, to just relax. And I think it's because I've learned that in the midst of running, not only does something like the 80-20 rule work, but I think also in life, maybe we should be looking at how the 80-20 rule can impact us. I think so. I think in order to be well-rounded, we have to balance things out. And the 80-20 works well in both running and in life, as you suggest. And I've tried my best to incorporate it into everything that I do. And it becomes my self-care routine as well. Mm-hmm. See, um, you know, my, my journey took me from that initial 5K in 2017 to pursuing longer and more challenging distances. And through doing that, I've sort of found myself in this running yeah. journey. I've come to recognize that I can do difficult things. As you know, as runners, running is, is not easy, you know? It can be enriching and fun, but sometimes it, some days are better than others, as I like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I heard a, a running podcaster reflect once that that if you have a, a normal training cycle, 50% of your runs will be above average and 50% of your runs will be below average, uh, just by the law of averages. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it and it it just continues to to hit home that point of how how we treat ourselves in the midst of those cycles. And, you know, when we think about life, we break down cycles of, you know, we've got days, we've got weeks, we've got months, we've got years, we've got decades, just like in running, you know, we've got the micro cycles, the macro cycles, Mm -hmm. we've got the seasons, we've got, you know, all of these different cycles that we have in our running journey. Um, And, and Ray is a a certified run coach, uh, and, and offers that sort of perspective as well. And so Ray, as you're looking at athletes, and as you're training athletes, what are those things that you're looking for as as you're trying to understand who this person is, what they bring to the table, you know, what how how you're training them as a runner? Because I think oftentimes we get in this mindset where um, we need to stop and reflect. And oftentimes we can bring other people in on that as well to help us do that. And so what's that process that you're using as you're helping to coach individuals and bring that spirit out in them? Yes. Uh, The first thing I do is I'll interview the individual and I'll ask them what their goals are. You have to have a goal of Mm -hmm. where you want to be. The goal could be health and fitness. You just want to go out and enjoy a nice run and keep yourself in nice physical shape. Or the goal could be to one day run a marathon or half marathon, or the goal could be to be more competitive in your age group. So those areas, once we determine what areas uh, your goals fall into, then we could train for that. But I always try to, depending on the uh, level of experience the runner has, that will determine how we start and where we start. But I I pay very close attention to form. Uh, I think that's important because sometimes a lot of runners go out there and run a lot, but they're running improper form and that can lead to injury. Yeah. That can lead to poor performance. Um, we 
emphasize also going easy 80% of the time, as we were talking about, and building your aerobic base and going through a process that will get you to your goal successfully and injury free. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people, they'll just put on their shoes and go out and run without yeah. any set goal of what they want to accomplish. And I think it's important for everyone, even if you're not being coached, to set a goal. Say, this is mm-hmm. what I want to accomplish uh, by what I'm doing. And then that will help lead you in the right direction. But it's, it's been a fun process. And what are what are some processes that you use? Uh, you know, you gave us you gave us a, a, a reflection question there. But what are some processes that you use uh, to to set your own goal uh, to help others in um, understanding where to take their goals to to do things like that? How, how do you go about goal setting as uh, as an individual who continues to want to grow and understand themselves? Well, first, I decide what I want to do what I want to accomplish. And that informs which direction I take. Like I enjoy Mm -hmm. uh, age group competition. Um, So Mm -hmm. that forces me to work a little harder. This, this coming Saturday I'm doing, uh, I'm going to New Jersey for a uh, 12 K run. It's a master's 12 K run. So everyone's going to be 35 and above, you know, so there's going to be an age group uh, competitive race. And I always enjoyed seeing what I can do within my age group. So Mm -hmm. that's my goal. So I work towards that. I do the necessary work. When I do that 20%, I go to the track, I will work hard and also listen to your body. I think it's important for all of us to, we know our bodies well. We can tell if an injury, a potential injury might be coming. We can tell if we're, fatigued in such a way where we need to take an extra rest day. Those things are important. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, it's important to know yourself, know your body and know your goals and let that inform which direction you take. And and one of the things that I really appreciate about that is it, it, it again is all about you. Uh, and it's all about Mm -hmm. where you are. Uh, I often reflect when when we look at some of these professional athletes, when we look at the or or professionals in any industry, and we think about the things that they're doing, a lot of their stuff is competition against others and how yes. they're performing against other people's standards. But the nice thing about the average layperson who is running, jogging, walking, cycling, practicing self-care is really the person that you're looking towards to identify what maybe how you might consider success or failure could just be you. Uh, you know, yes, I, I look at it all the time is, you know, I am in a place in my running journey where like you, I feel like I can compete in my age group. Um, I can't compete against the, I can't compete against the Ryan Carroll's who are finishing up, you know, placing overall but but you know i'm in a good age group right now where i feel like i can compete and if i have a good race for myself that i can come home with an age group award of some kind top three maybe even win my age group and so oftentimes i'll I'll rest and be reassured in that that okay cool like this is my goal and even in that i try not to get lost so much that i forget you know okay this 5k is about i i'm trying to come under you know 21 uh, or I'm trying to 
break an hour and 40 minutes in the half marathon. You know, those are the kinds of goals yes. that, you, that you focus on. And then it, it, the byproduct kind of often becomes that. And when we're doing, when we're setting our goals in life as well, it, it often benefits us to sit down and reflect, where am I right now? And where might I want to be in X amount of time? Uh, I often like to, you know, set goals for like monthly goals, like quarterly goals, bi-yearly goals. I mean, those are the kinds of things so that when it comes time to read and reflect on how we've grown, we can look and see this is what I've done in the past six months. And this is how I've grown across that process. Yes. And as you suggest, there will always be other runners that are better than us. There are those that are very talented. They just at another level. Those guys, we're not looking to compete against them. We, we just, uh, we admire them, they inspire us, they motivate us, uh, uh, the possibilities, right? Like you mentioned, Ryan Carroll, you know, mm -hmm. he's an amazing runner. Uh, it's good to know him. And you versus you is really the bottom line for recreational runners. Uh, becoming a better version of yourself over time. It's really it just when you go out and chase a PR, for example, mm -hmm. it's really a great feeling when you come out and say, Hey, you know, I, I ran this race a minute faster than I did last time. That's a, that's really a, a, a great feeling of accomplishment. So yeah. for the casual runner, I think that's, that's the pursuit, you know, to be a better version of yourself um, at all times and continue on that path. Yeah. And, and I mean, at all times, like I know folks who are adults, like, you know, they're master's level runners and they're running faster than they ran, you know, when they were in high school. Yes. And, that's amazing. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like I think about Thomas Hicks all the time and, and I was having yes. conversations with Thomas Hicks not too long ago and mm -hmm. he's running, he, I mean, he's running sub five minute miles and he said, you know, these are PRs. These are lifetime best. These are things that yes. I've <laughs> never been able to do in my life. And I find it phenomenal that when, but I, I also know that Thomas is someone who has that mentality, right? He has that mentality of saying, how am I getting better today? And I know that, you know, once Thomas is done being the best human being on earth and setting all these, you know, lifetime best, that mm -hmm. he will rest and reside in that fact of, okay, what is the best that I can do right now? And I know that someone like that, and, and especially for me, like, this is my best right now and not getting lost in the shuffle of compa even comparing myself to, to who I was when I was younger and trying to hit times that maybe right now aren't feasible for me. Or as I do my recovery with, with my arm and I you know, had to take six weeks off running, uh, I did a 5K this last weekend uh, and having been back running for a week, I had, I'd only done like four runs that week. I ran a 26, 25 5K <clears throat> with six weeks off of running all of that fitness that I lost. And, and I just had to remind myself, it's like, all right, no, this is like where you are right now. Right. And 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 how are you comparing what your body is doing right now? And that begins to set the stage and foundation for that goal. And that in itself becomes a self-care mentality. Yes. Because the because the dark the even dark side of that of comparing ourselves against ourselves is what happens when we're not better? What happens when when I come to a race and I, my goal is 140, but I run a 143? And, mm -hmm. and, and what happens on that dark side? 
yes, we have to be prepared for that because yeah. not every race is going to give us the same results. So whatever, if, if you, if you finished a race and you didn't get your results, you have to be mindful that, Hey, those things happen and keep moving forward. Don't let, don't beat yourself up. I've had days where I went out and I thought I really, I felt really good. I thought mm -hmm. I was going to PR, but I did not, but I didn't let that uh, deter me from the goal. It's just yeah. like life, right? There's going to be things unexpected that occur that we didn't expect, but we still have to keep moving forward towards what we want to accomplish, right? And not let that make us take a step back. So yeah, I think all that is a uh, part of self-care. Yeah. And I think that that becomes the important and vital piece of all of this. And so as you're processing, I, I, as you're processing failure, right? As you're processing failure, when when you don't live up to your expectations, what are mm -hmm. some things that you're doing to help to process that? Oh, uh, I try to fall back on my confidence and on the knowledge that I know who I am. I've defined who I am. Mm -hmm. And when you define who you are and where you're going and what you want to do, even when failure comes, you're going to have that uh, definition of yourself mentally to fall back on. I know it can be, it can be difficult, mm -hmm. but I think if you really do a good job of defining who you are, what your goals are, where you want to be, where you want to go and have confidence that you'll eventually achieve it. When those difficult times come, you, you can manage them better. You know, I, I ran my first marathon in 2020 during the pandemic when we were mm -hmm. on lockdown and life was uncertain. It was a virtual marathon with no support alone. I went to the dismal swamp. I'm sure you've been there, right? Dismal yep. swamp in Chesapeake. Yep. yep. And I decided to just knock it out. Went straight ahead. Eight miles came back. I had 16 and I had to do another 10. But the struggle revealed a part of me that lay dormant, you know, mm. struggle redefined who I was. That's, that's the beauty of the uh, half marathon and marathon distance is that it will make you a strong, determined individual, confident, relentless, and yeah. passionate, all of which has transferred into my everyday lifestyle. You know, in addition, I've gained a host of health benefits as well. And I, for me, that's one of the greatest things about an active lifestyle as part of a, a healthy self-care ritual is uh, it's the health benefits, but it's also the mentality that we bring that we bring into it. because. I have gone I have gone to some very deep and dark places on runs and uh, I've had to mentally overcome um wrestle with reflect on a lot of those things. I have learned the boundaries of my own body, of my own mind and when when we practice these sorts of rituals in our lives it it helps us to know more about ourselves and yes i mean that what a greater lesson that we can receive in a self care routine than to learn about ourselves to learn about whether it's our physical limitations our mental limitations you know i'm one who says that the marathon is just not for me mentally it is just such a taxing experience uh, mm -hmm. that that i don't really have a desire to do it i've done one uh, i did i did a marathon and it was 
not fun. <laughs> um, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. It's not fun. And and I I can live with that in my life. And so we learn things about ourselves when when we engage in these self care rituals that help us to to grow to be a better human being, uh, to understand ourselves more, and to grow more out of that. Exactly. And like I said, that was uh, w- one accomplishment, even though I've done other marathons, but that, w- that first time really reveals something to you that you didn't know before, especially when you hit the miles after 20, Oh my gosh. you know, and you know, the pain and the, uh, and imagine doing it and you don't have any support around you or people around you running. Nope. You're just out here at the dismal swamp and, you know, it connects you with your higher self, you know, with, mm-hmm your faith as well, because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Cause that's a, that was a, people were surprised when I told them I went out for the first time, you know, as, as a math master's athlete, you know, I'm not, I'm not a young dude anymore, you know, <laughs> and I'm out here running by myself for all those miles, you know, so it took a lot of courage. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I yeah. know a lot of folks who did their first marathon during the pandemic and I give them all the praise. Cause I could not imagine doing that much that long of a run, that many miles um, yes. by myself, even when I try and do long runs, I always like try and make sure that someone's with me or that I might have yeah. some support <laughs> along the run. I'm doing loops around, you know, we've, and so doing that on your own. So I, I want to also focus on the auxiliary things that you talked about at the beginning. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time here talking about that physical, but you also talk about uh those auxiliary things that play a role in how you're able to care for yourself. You talk about the nutrition, you talk about the the mental and spiritual components. And so as you're thinking about, as you're just, as you're waking up and you're thinking about what does my day hold, or you're, I, I don't know if you're one of the people who plans out their week or anything like that. Um, but but what are what are some of how are you considering those auxiliary things that surround uh, your physical activity lifestyle even even your vocational lifestyle how are you looking at those auxiliary things and how are you creating space for them Oh sure I take things one day at a time mm. and the the minute I wake up any day every day um, I wake up with gratitude that's the number one thing that I incorporate in my life, because if uh, I rely on my faith and a belief in a power greater than myself mm. to get through mm-hmm. the day, to get through the uh, uh, different uh, times. So gratitude, I find, gives me a sense of peace that I don't take this day for granted. That's how I wake up. I'm glad that I'm up. I'm glad that I'm ready to go. and. I, I spend a few minutes of reflection also mm. and just sit and in silence. You know, some people will pray. Some people will sit in silence. And you know, one thing I do, I share with all my friends is water is the first thing I, I drink in the morning. Yep. I, I have it in the bedroom, so I don't have to go too far to get to that water bottle. And that's the first thing that I, I, I always add a, a little bit of a squeeze, a little bit of lemon in there mm. as well. And that has helped me, you know, health wise as well. So that's, that's the first step. And also if you have a, the attitude that you have, the positive mental attitude that you have when you start the day will carry you through for the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your career, whether it's 
and you're running and your interaction with others, that attitude will be reflected to others and you'll have a, the, the day will be a, a bit more easy mm. on you, you know? So that's, that's how I start. And, um, that's that, that has worked for me. Yeah. Quite well. And, and it, and it plays a role in who you are as a runner as well. Uh, and, and I yes. think that that continues to testify to that fact. And, um, well, the, the last thing that I want to talk to you about, because uh, along with being just all of these other things, y- you work at one of the local run shops here in Hampton Roads. And and I've talked about it on the show before of how different we all are and how individualized self-care is. And anytime yes. I talk about how individualized self-care is, I always talk about running shoes, because I think running shoes offer just the perfect metaphor of individualizing our self-care because I can wear one kind of running shoe and it can be the best running shoe for me. It's hard for me to recommend it because I don't know what the other person's foot does. And so (laughs) as a, and so as, as someone who, uh, uh, you sell a lot more than running shoes. Uh, I, I've been I've been to point to a couple of times when Ray's been there. I think uh, I got my aftershocks from y'all. Uh, I've, I've been there a couple of times for shoes. I don't know. I I, I can't count how many times I've been to running stores. This is a uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as we think about that individualization component, and you can speak to it from a running shoe aspects. I think it offers a great metaphor for us. Uh, but but why like? Why is it I can walk into a running store and a shoe will fit me so well and mm-hmm. someone else will walk into a running store and it will cause them pain when they wear it? Yes. And as you said, I, I work for Point Two mm-hmm. Running Company in Chesapeake and I really enjoy what I do there because I get a chance to talk to runners, yeah. to walkers, to people that are just trying to better themselves. And it's a lot of, of fun just doing that. And everyone is different. That's why we treat everyone as an, as an individual, Mm -hmm. because, uh, what works for one person, as you said, is not going to work for the other. We do a gait analysis to determine where you are and what your gait looks like. We have you go on the treadmill. We'll video it. uh, You doing a jog just so we can see exactly what your needs might be and make the proper recommendations. Mm -hmm. And we do that with care and with, you know, concern. And we really want the uh, person to have a good experience. And even after you get the shoe, we give you 30 days. Yeah. So if two weeks from now, it doesn't work for you. After you use it, you can still come back and get credit towards something different. Mm-hmm. But to, to your question, it's just that everyone has a different gait. Everyone moves differently and you have to, put them in a shoe that supports that movement properly. And, and just like that, you know, we all have different things that, that help us, right? We all have mm-hmm. different ways that we function. Uh, I always point out, you know, my wife is an introvert and I'm an extrovert. That means that okay. I get my fill by being out in public. I love going to run clubs. I love going to, you know, activities, community activities. And, and, you know, sometimes sure. my wife just likes to sit at home with a with a good book. Uh, and I think in the same way that, you know, I have loved and used Brooks running shoes since I was 14 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I have friends who cannot 
wear Brooks because they hurt their feet. Um, okay. You know, I have I have friends who absolutely love and enjoy, you know, Sauconies. I have friends who uh, they swear by Hoka's. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's all about, you know, what works for you. And I think exactly. that that's such an important lesson to translate into even our self-care lifestyles that, you know, what works for me? And this is where I say, like, I'm a runner. You don't have to be a runner. But but I think finding maybe that manner of activity that helps to fill you, whether that's walking, cycling, CrossFit, lifting. I mean, there's so many ways that we can get out there that we can be active. There's so many ways that we can care for ourselves. Uh, but it's like you said, like the gait analysis. It takes mm-hmm. it takes reflection and it takes understanding. And maybe sometimes it takes other experts coming in and helping us understand what those things are to help us to learn and grow in that respect so that we know how we can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all in this together, Andrew, and uh, we can learn a lot from one another as well. Over the last six years of running, I've learned so much from others in the running community. There's some great people out there and I ask questions, I observe them, I see what they do. And there's a lot of runners out there that they care about one another Mm -hmm. and they really want you to do well. And that's what makes this, especially the 757 running community, such a great community because people care. And that's why I've enjoyed my journey uh, uh, the past six years. And and what a what a great journey it sounds like it's been. I want to hit some of these end of the podcast questions uh, to continue to dive in. So so what is an accomplishment that you are proud of? Well, that would have to be the first marathon Mm. because that really, really took me to a different place, Mm -hmm. so to speak. It really uh, after afterwards, I feel as if I would I would never be the same again. Mm I became uh, more determined, more confident, more passionate about what I do. And I, like I said, all that transferred into my everyday life. And in addition to all the host of uh, health benefits that I've gained mm-hmm. out of being able to run that distance. But I think the, that first marathon is one that I will always cherish. I will always talk about and tell a story about mm. and be the most proud of. Who do you go to when life gets tough? Well, when life gets tough, I rely on my faith, Mm. my belief in a power greater than myself Mm. to get me through the difficulties. Because I think whatever works for each individual, you know, I don't tell anyone what they should be doing, Mm -hmm. who they should go to. But for me, uh, it's that higher power. Mm. You know, uh, we all go through difficult times. That is the nature of life, I suppose. And uh, having a faith-based belief system will always carry us through to better days up ahead. So, like I said, uh, gratitude goes hand in hand with my belief in a higher power. And that's what sustains me. Yep. That's what gives me life. That's what gives me strength to carry on. Well, and that's what rests at the heart of this podcast, that it's both that the connection to our faith is what helps us understand and know that we deserve to care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally, what is an upcoming goal that you have? Well, uh, by the way, uh, I got into the New York City Marathon. Ooh, yeah. fun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm training and I'm staying healthy so I can get to the start line on November 6th 
And my yeah. daughter is running it also. So we're going to run it together. So it's going to be like a family type of thing. And I'm really excited to be able to do that because, uh, you know, 10 years ago, this is, this wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't even yeah. something that I dreamed of. So sometimes life will present things to you. You could look at it as a reward or look at it as something that you really never thought you would do. And here you are doing it. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's really exciting for me. And, and what a great opportunity. So for our listeners, you know, uh, New York is one of the six world major marathons. And a lot of these yes. have a lottery system to get in. And so you either, uh, a lot of times you either have to run a certain qualifying time uh, or you have to enter this lottery of tens of thousands of runners yes. uh, and get selected. So uh, it is awesome. New York, I hear it is a, a fun and beautiful course. And then also, you know, going back to uh, to, to your roots as well uh, into into that area of the country. And so I know I know that's going to be a fun experience for you and to be able to celebrate with family. Uh, I'm going to be following along with that journey. Uh, I'll make sure that that Ray's social media is is tagged in the notes because he is an absolutely great follow, especially for running content and learning about running content. But also, if you want to follow this journey as he goes to New York, I can only imagine what uh, what is about to come uh, as we see Ray grow and and learn and then run the New York City Marathon. What an awesome opportunity. So that's great. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. You have a good day. You too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Wish you the best and I'll see you out there. Yeah, definitely. What an awesome recording. You know, one thing that really stood out to me, one thing that I'm taking away from this episode is really that nature in which I continue to see how physical activity plays a role in our self-care journey, not just as an opportunity for self-care, right? Not just an opportunity to take care of ourselves physically as an active lifestyle, not just to go for a run and to notice the physical benefits, but I feel like so many times the lessons that I learned from running, the lessons that I learned from learning about run coaching of just physical activity in general have such a role to play in my self-care lifestyle because there's just so much overlap. I mean, what we were talking about with the 80-20 rule, you know, when we think about uh, stress, when we think about rest, like, right, 80%, it, it, like, we need that time where our body is not functioning at such, like, a high stress level. We need those lower stress times in order to really, really, really practice and understanding of self-care. And so those are going to be some things that we need to focus on in that respect. And that's just something that I'm taking away from this episode. It's something that I've taken away from this podcast overall. It's something that I've taken away from my life overall and that I've loved highlighting for everybody here. And so I want to thank you so much for joining this episode, for for listening in. Don't forget, please subscribe to this podcast so that those new episodes, they pop into your feed as soon as they are available. Um, I've got a couple of guests coming up that are going to be really good. We're going to have another episode uh, about rest and renewal leave. We're going to have another episode about self-worth. And then as we continue on, I'm going to be hopefully taking some opportunities to dive in and talk a little bit deeper theologically about self-care, kind of piggybacking off of this sermon series that has been coming out on Monday. 
guys. And so uh, looking forward to those kinds of things. But make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you follow this podcast on whatever podcasting platform uh, you are on. Uh, while you're uh, out and about in the podcasting area, if you could just hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those are the two of the biggest ones that I have subscribers for. But they're also ones that you can leave a rating and review. Please, it helps others just know how much they're, you're enjoying the podcast. Hopefully helps get their earbuds uh, tuned into this podcast as well. And if you would love to support me in this journey as I continue to help folks learn and grow in their theology of self-care, uh, please, you can support me over on Patreon. I want to thank my current patrons, David Vaughn, Pam Anderson, and Amy Dane. Y'all have been awesome and amazing. If you would like to join this list and be a patron and help support this podcast and this ministry, head on over to patreon.com slash Rev. The link is in the podcast notes. And lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with others so that they can help to find this podcast. And now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.